Welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 59, War Dawn. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Let's get to it. We open with the aerial bots chasing down the Seekers who have evidently kidnapped some people, as you do. <laughs> the aerial bots complain about how awful humans are. Which, honestly, mood, um, especially if they're talking about politicians, really. <laughs> Which I think they might be, uh, and to be fair, most humans aren't uh, so fond of politicians either. Some of the aerial bots seem almost impressed with the Seekers. This gets a bit um, more overt as uh, we go on. And then, and then Starscream, in order to escape from the aerobots, elects to dump the chumps. And he just opens a hatch on his underside and out they come, presumably pulled by the air pressure. To clarify, he's in plane mode when he does this. He does not shit out a bunch of humans. <laughs> that just sounds awkward for everyone involved and thankfully that's not what happened. Then uh, the aerial bots dive and catch the humans, and this isn't like catching them in their hands, the people just land on top of them while they're in plane mode, and I don't think anyone's having a good time here. I don't even know how they're hanging on to the top of their plane mode considering, but yeah. Yeah. Back at the Ark, the aerial bots further expand on their admiration of the Seekers, listing off several positive qualities, including that they're definitely better than humans. All except Silverbolt, who helpfully reminds the rest of them that they're all so evil! Um, also, at this point, I have to ask, is anyone else ever disturbed by Silverbolt's luscious lips here? Now we know who Overlord took his notes from. Ironhide uh, begins to lecture them, but Optimus butts in to remind both us and Ironhide that the aerial bots are literally babies and have only been alive for a few weeks. Oh, that's a reminder that I think some of us definitely needed, because it's not like we get any timeline stuff yeah. in here ever. And there's some serious culture clash going on between the several-week-old babies, children, um, the youths of this species, <laughs> and the people who have been fighting the Decepticons for longer than humanity has existed. Teletran 1 uh, pops up to notify the Autobots that it's there's some weird energy readings coming from Cybertron. Which, um, hey, hey guys, it's over 2,000! According to Teletrans' screen, anyway, we have zero context for what that fucking means, but Teletrans seems to apply it's bad. Well, weird readings from Cybertron, probably the Decepticons, and it's all in a day's work for the Autobots to take care of. So, um, Optimus, Ironhide, Ratchet, and Wheeljack, and the Aerobots all scurry off and hop into Omega Supreme for, you know, a day trip to Cybertron to get this all sorted out. The aerial bots are excited for their field trip. Well, technically, it's a trip back home. For them, yes. Well, I mean, for all of them, but, well, but like, yes. yeah. They, they were on Cybertron for, like, ten minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, at the Decepticon base, Starscream is attempting repairs on the other two Seekers while they all bitch about the aerial bots. So we have some confirmation that Starscream does, in fact, know how to do repairs. And, and does it more than just, I think, that one episode where we saw him doing it prior. I do have to ask, like, do you think the Constructicons refuse to work on the Seekers? I absolutely could see them refusing to work on Starscream. I mean, I would if I was a medic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. We don't have any, like, solid um, evidence for who does medical stuff for the Decepticons. Yeah, the Constructicons seem to be the most, the, the only ones that we see, like, regularly doing anything. But they also do, like, a zillion other things, so. Yep. 
So Megatron overhears the Seekers and comments on how the aerial bot's existence threatens his supremacy of the skies. Soundwave calls Megatron to let him know that the Autobots have left Earth and are headed to Cybertron. Apparently Teletran has detected an experiment of shockwaves. Oh, oh, he's doing something besides standing around waiting for Megatron to give him a Zoom call today. <laughs> Megatron arrives on Cybertron via Space Bridge with the Seekers in tow, and Loki lets us know that Shockwave's just been working on a time machine! Fun times! Who could have ever have predicted this? And this is another thing that will never appear outside this episode again. <laughs> so many wasted ideas. <laughs> yeah, like, could refine this, but no, no, just gonna completely make forget that Shockwave has figured out the secret of time travel. I mean, they could have called back to the, um... The, like, episode where they went back to the medieval. Yeah. yeah. Or the whole thing with the time portals. And yeah. Island. Yeah. That was also a thing. You know, if I had a nickel for every time some <laughs> sort of time shenanigans happened in the show, I'd have three nickels. Which isn't a lot. But it's weird that it happened three times. Yeah, it didn't just happen twice, it happened three times. Well, at least three. There's going to be another yeah. one in season three. So the reason that the time machine thingy is happening is the Decepticons want to steal Energon from before the war. Like, this isn't going to cause problems. <laughs> Why wouldn't they just go back in time and use their knowledge in the future to take over the planet before the Autobots can fight back? I don't fucking understand. <laughs> Because they'd probably end up fighting themselves. That is true. I do, like, actually believe that if Megatron exists, he would definitely fight with a future version of himself. But my argument would be, go back before Megatron was created? Problem solved? Yes, but then he negates his own existence. And then we end up with some weird-ass time paradox. That, that is the philosophical question. How does time travel work? Are you going back to your past, or are you merely creating an alternate reality? Well, as this episode demonstrates... It's a stable time loop. Yes, guys. yes, at least here. <laughs> so the Autobots arrive on Cybertron as well. Omega Supreme is opting to take a nice long nap after this long trip. Because he's exhausted his Energon reserves. He a big guy, he uses a lot of Energon. Well, hopefully they can find some after this. I think they said they were going to try to rustle some up or something when they get out. When they, when they exit Omega Supreme. <laughs> they're going to take, they're going to get takeout at Shockwaves. <laughs> I lead a one kick out of it. <laughs> Yeah. And so some more bitching about Earth is heard until the Seekers attack the aerial bots because this, the aerial bots have just like flumped off to whoop. They're, they're off doing their own thing somehow. Um, and of course, the aerial bots just want to talk to the Seekers, um, except for Silverbolt, who is a bot of taste. And who probably paid some attention to, you know, whatever lecture or cliff notes on the history of the war that. One hopes the Autobots gave them. <laughs> Starscream seems delighted that they're all fucking morons and says to follow him. Is this the Cybertronian equivalent of getting lured into a white van with candy? Only with a sexy white jet doing the luring? <laughs> I hesitate to question what the candy is here. <laughs> Internet? Rust sticks? Um, information? I don't know, man. Spending time with, with Star Starscream? I, I, I got nothing, man. I don't even mean that in like a sexual way. I just mean like, you can spend time with the cool kids kind of way. <laughs> so Silverbolt sees this and he calms Optimus to give him a heads up on these developments. Ironhide calls the aerial bots twerps, 
which I love personally. They are dwarfs. <laughs> they're 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 dumb. They're children. They're they're babies. They have all the life experience of a day old biscuit. Um, we then cut to Starscream saying that the Decepticons are, and I quote, a swell bunch, and that they have fun. Has he been watching Leave It to Beaver? I mean, they have to be watching something. I'm sure there would be Leave It to Beaver reruns in the 80s. Probably. Starscream then has the Aerialbot stand on a suspicious platform while Megatron, who is off to the side, hits a button, activating Shockwave's somehow completed time machine. Great Scott! <laughs> I wonder if the energy frequency came from testing it. Hmm, possibly. With Silverbolt unfortunately going along for the ride, as he literally ran up and got on the platform just as this was happening while he was trying to warn them. <laughs> yes. Um, Optimus then stops the Aerial Bot's one-way trip to the beginning of time that Megatron apparently sent them on by shooting the machine. Well, it makes as much sense as anything else in G1. I True. guess it's the sensible thing to do. <laughs> True, but I still think maybe he should have run it by wheelchair or ratchet first. Yeah. I mean, heck, maybe it would have killed them. Maybe it would have catapulted them to the future. That would certainly be interesting. <laughs> Megatron and the Seekers amscray flying off and leaving the Autobots in the wreckage of the time machine. Wheeljack begins to attempt to rebuild the time machine to save the Aerialbots, basically to get them back to the current time. So instead of ending up at the beginning of time, the aerial bots just got dumped into the Cybertronians' golden age. You know, before the war. And everything in the background is gold. All of the environments are gold. Is that why it's called the golden age, do you think? No idea. The aerial bots walk up to a building when a blue, red, and white mech asks if they're there, there to help. Um, oh look, a robot twink. <laughs> This is Orion Pax. Remember that name. It'll be a special surprise for later. <laughs> oh, big surprise. Big surprise. The aerial bots all introduce themselves. And this building is where they unload energy shipments from upriver. The fact that there is liquid water on Cybertron, or at least presumably liquid water, uh, that's pretty neat. We're getting some geological features here. We're getting some world building that we don't normally get on Cybertron. True. They all walk inside the building and Orion introduces them to his friend Dion and his girlfriend Ariel. While also insinuating that Ariel is off limits to them. Ariel says he's the jealous type, to which I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, that is not sexy at all, run. I'm not going to debate robot relationships <laughs> from, like, six million years ago or whatever. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Who knows what cultural norms <laughs> they had. True. So, all of them see the Decepticons flying in the distance. The aerial bots, Sans Silverbolt, Orion, and Dion are ooing and aahing over the Decepticons. Silverbolt interjects to Orion that the Decepticons aren't necessarily people that would be nice to know in real life. Mm -hmm. And, like, at some point in here, part of why Orion and Dion are ooing and aahing over the Decepticons is because they can fly. They're a new <laughs> type of robot that can fly. And I find it just kind of weird that the aerial bots didn't go, oh, hey, we can too. Uh, yeah, They're just yeah. trying to impress their new friends. That feels like a wasted opportunity. <laughs> I do agree with that. I wonder if they meant, though, that they can fly without necessarily having flying alts. Uh, that's fair. Which, like, okay, ignoring the Seekers, like, 
Megatron and Soundwave certainly wouldn't be able to fly or shouldn't be able to fly otherwise. But I don't know. It, I, I don't think the writers knew, honestly. That's, that's true. As someone on Tumblr said at some point, the writers probably just did a bunch of drugs and did whatever. <laughs> but I mean, who knows? And who am I to impugn the... Uh, the dignity of the, the writers of G1 Transformers. You know, the ones that had them go back in time and fight a literal dragon. Yeah. <laughs> so Dion brushes Silverbolt off, but Ariel, owner of the soul brain cell in the group, seems to agree with Silverbolt on how um, the Decepticons aren't necessarily good people that you'd want to know, man. <laughs> and I, I love this, uh, considering that Silverbolt is clearly the sole owner of the single brain cell of the Aerial Bots. Um, brain cells unite! <laughs> oh yes, Ariel is definitely the one with the brain cell between <laughs> in this trio. <laughs> so, Orion, Dion, and Ariel return to work, and Megatron lands, introducing himself to Orion. Silverbolt catches sight of this and runs off towards them because he is understandably concerned about Orion's safety. <laughs> As he should be. Yeah! <laughs> Megatron gives some bullshit story about looking for storage for his wares, in the scare quotes, <laughs> asking Orion what they store in this here warehouse. Upon finding out that they store energy, his wares uh, transform into peoples to steal the Energon. <laughs> Oh, so some background. The wares were on trucks that pulled up, so Megatron just showed up with, like, a fleet of trucks with boxes <laughs> yes. behind him. And so it's all of these boxes turning into people. <laughs> and so Megatron shoots Orion when Orion tries to stop him, and then he shoots Ariel when she also tries to stop him, because this is their livelihoods, guys. <laughs> And I like Ariel. Ariel's got moxie. <laughs> She's just like, you just freaking shot my boyfriend! Get back here! Yeah, but after Ariel gets shot, Orion's just like, no! And then leaps like straight up into the air and it looks really dumb. And then he gets shot again. And then he's out. <laughs> yes. The Ariel bots arrive to an unresponsive Orion before we cut to a commercial. And upon returning from commercial, we swap to the current day where the Decepticons utilize a fallen guardian robot to take back the Chronosphere, which is evidently the Time Machine's name. Um, and I legitimately cannot remember if they have even said it before this point, or if we just sort of ignored it in favor of being like, it's the Time Machine. <laughs> I don't think they said it, but I honestly don't remember. I, I don't remember either, but also Transformers has a nasty little habit of doing this, of like, ooh, we're building this thing, and they don't name the thing until like, you know, three-fourths of the way through the episode, and so we've already given it some kind of name, and they're like, oh, that's what it's called. Yep. So Wheeljack, and for some reason Ironhide, well, I mean, he is the uh, multi-tool of the, the <laughs> Autobots, are working on getting the time machine back up and running. And I feel like they mixed up who's who, because in the background, Ratchet is standing next to Optimus Prime, so, uh, yeah, Ratchet is supervising today <laughs> while Ironhide's being our multi-tool. I guess. So back in the past, the Aerialbots are now carting around Orion's prone body. <laughs> and they needed, like, all five of them to do this. <laughs> yes! Orion is not that big. <laughs> but I guess he's built like a brick house. 
The other aerial bots finally having seen the light about the Decepticons being bastards. A strangely familiar maroon, purple, and gray mech calls out to them, telling them that they should probably take Orion to the next city if he needs repairs. What a snappy cloak this dude has. Surely he won't come around again. Uh-huh. But the aerial bots do beg this mech to take a look at Orion, even though the guy's workshop is full of other Cybertronians who have also presumably been injured by the Decepticons. And upon the aerial bots saying that Orion has a good heart and promising that he is basically a Disney princess (laughs) of a robot. I mean, they kind of do. I mean, it's implied. The, the mech takes him up in his arms and walks into his shop, intending to rebuild him entirely. So about that Disney princess comment. <laughs> the aerobots all wait outside for Orion Pax to be, you know, repaired, only for Optimus fucking Prime to exit the damn building instead, as our good buddy, sexy young Alpha Trion here, <laughs> has rebuilt Orion into Optimus, the Disney princess of Cybertron. <laughs> he just had his magical girl transformation. It's a little bit more permanent than most. <laughs> You're not wrong. So, does this make the aerial bot somehow his co-parents? Or uncles or something? I mean, sure, Alpha Trion may have rebuilt him into... Optimus fucking Prime. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But they're the ones that brought him there. Without their intervention, this would not have happened. So are they his uncles now? (laughs) Is somehow Megatron partially, like, his step creator? Is (laughs) somehow partially responsible? Well... Megatron is somehow partially responsible for the creation of his greatest enemy. Which is very funny. Orion Pax here has definitely speedrun robot puberty because he went from Twink to Peter fucking Cullen in like a scene. <laughs> yep. Optimus apologizes for not listening to Silverbolt earlier and asks Alpha Trion to repair Ariel. Because, I don't know, I imagine she is built like a brick house too, <laughs> since they didn't carry her along as well. I mean, it makes sense if the reason they didn't is just that they're too... They aren't built for carrying people because they're planes. That's true. Um, Alpha Trion does agree uh, and mutters some lines to himself that tells us that Ariel will ultimately become Alita One. Mm-hmm. Optimus proceeds to run into battle, immediately facing Megatron and taking several fusion shots to his abs of steel. I need you guys to understand that this scene is so fucking funny, because Megatron has no idea who this person is. I don't think he's ever told that this is the twink he shot a couple hours ago. There's just this guy that can fucking face and fist, or like hand to hand now. It's amazing. You know, I actually do kind of want to see something that just focuses on his slow realization. (laughs) That this is that dude he shot that one time. Well, that two times. <laughs> that is also very funny. So the Aerobots plan to take out Megatron's transport drones to keep him from getting the Energon. And then in the present, Wheeljack is nearly done with repairs, but it'll take another two minutes for the machine to warm up. So the headless guardian robot that the dis- cons, you know... They were considering. Considering. They do, in fact, use... And he smashes his way into the building and joins the fray against the Autobots. I, I feel like they missed a, an option here to have that Guardian somewhere in the past. Well, they have a bunch of the Guardians, I think, pop up to, like, fight the cons, but it's, like, uh, three seconds. 
Which and is, not super relevant. Like, it would have been more interesting if they had it pop up, gave, basically get beheaded, and then it's right where they left it, and then yeah, they're Yeah, and I, I don't think they do that. But again, this all happened so quickly, I think it might have, I don't know. Like, it feels like a wasted opportunity. Maybe they intended to do that, but just didn't have the runtime. Uh, that's also true. The Aerobots reached the conclusion that they will have to blow themselves up along with the Energon to keep Megatron from getting it. This is a really distressing thing for brand new babies to have to consider. Yes. And I mean, these guys can fly. And there, there's like a hole in the roof. So like, yes. they clearly should be able to get out. But um, I take this to mean that uh, the Dinobots aren't the only ones that forget they can fly on occasion. <laughs> yep. Thankfully, the Aerobots are teleported back to the present just in time. Because somehow they are exactly where they were before. Right next to the time machine. Yeah. So the Aerobots transform into Superion and get into fisticuffs with the giant, the guardian robot. Eventually they basically eject him from the roof. And he literally falls to pieces when he hits the ground. So uh, time did not uh, treat the guardian robot's body very well. No. Uh, Wheeljack asked the Aerobots what the heck happened in the past. Silverbolt says they learned a bit about Megatron and about Orion Pax. Upon Silverbolt saying this, Optimus realizes that they were the ones who saved him. Either that, or they have now changed the past so he's able to remember that they saved him, and or he just didn't freaking make the connection, or whatever. That's fair. I mean, who knows? Yeah, like I said, there, there are different theories around time travel, and I don't know which one this is, or if the writers even know, so whatever. Yep. So join us next time for episode 60, Cosmic Rust. Megatron gets so sick, he begins to fall to pieces. Okay, so we've got some fanfic for today. Alright, so our fanfic for today are, well, our recommendations are It's Quiet Out in Space by Dogstar. It's G1 cartoon continuity, rated G, it's Gen, there's no pairings. And the characters are Skyfire, Silverbolt, and the Aerial Bots. And in summary, who better to learn from than someone designed for it? The Aerial Bot's first time in space. Written for the 2011 TF Speed Writing Advent Calendar. With uh, the date of 12-21-2011. And it's the Aerial Bot's learning new things, which is pretty much what that episode was kind of about. <laughs> True. And it's also a one-shot. The second fic is We Are Ornamental Swords Forged for the Peace After the War by Squid Ink. Also G1 cartoon, rated G. There is romance. Because they're dating or whatever at the beginning. Um, pairings are Ariel slash Orion Pax and Alita One slash Optimus Prime. They're the same people, guys. <laughs> and our characters are Ariel, Orion Pax, Optimus Prime, and Alita One. Again, they're different names for basically the same people. In summary, the first and second deaths of Ariel and Orion Pax. And it's relevant to the characters, so kind of self-explanatory, and it's also a one-shot. And I think we had art today, so we let's go do. to Bells. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I had no idea how to pronounce this name. Um, it's like... Hoi? Yes. That's but how I'm gonna guess it. I'll spell it out. Uh, H-O-A-E-A-E-N-G. So, I don't know how to say that, I'm sorry. Um, we will be linking to their Tumblr. It was the only thing I could find for them. 
and they posted for a fairly short amount of time on Tumblr, but they do have some really cute art, so I still want to recommend it. Uh, they primarily seem to do Prime and Rescue Bots, though I definitely saw some G1 stuff there too. Um, and I would describe them as having these like bright colors and kind of, you know, the robots with this cute chibi vibe. So our first one, it seems to be an animation they did of Shockwave. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Tits bouncing, baby. Boobly breast. <laughs> Boobly breast down the hallway, yes. Um, and then we have a, basically, uh, it's time for some robot vaccinations of Optimus Prime in a lab coat with a giant syringe. Um, it's a giant purple syringe. Yep, trying to give vaccinations to the minibots, particularly poor Rumble, who's hiding behind Megatron. He's <laughs> like, I don't want to. There's also, uh... Ron? Ron? Braun? Is Braun? Yes, it's Braun. Sorry, I heard you say Ron first. I was oh, like, what? <laughs> no. Yes. That, this was like discount bait. Look, it sounds like one of the third party figures. Instead of naming him Braun, they call him Ron. <laughs> but but of note, uh, the two syringes Optimus has for the vaccinations are different sizes, and the Decepticon one is as tall as he is. <laughs> Uh, very nearly. It looks like it goes down to just, like, like just under his knee, and it's yeah. This, you know, the other one is much smaller, more reasonably sized for giant robots. No wonder poor Rumble is hiding behind Megatron. Yep, and Megatron is telling Prime to take his glasses off because he's wearing these big round glasses for some freaking reason. Um, and then uh, the artist did basically background in Rescue Bots. Uh, Boulder is a one of the main characters who does a lot of art, um, like it's his hobby. And so there are some pictures he drew of Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. And so somebody basically took that art style and applied it to a bunch of the Transformers Prime characters and designs, including the Decepticons. So it's, it is extremely cute. <laughs> it is. It's adorable. And yeah, like I said, they've got a Tumblr and I couldn't find them anywhere else. Posted for a short time. They're still definitely worth a look because some of these are very cute. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or to look for it as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Alice. Toodles! He's like, all right, let me slip into something more comfortable. Starts punching you with monsters made out of her hair.